Welcome to the PA Leadership Podcast, brought to you by the Pennsylvania Association of Intermediate Units. The PA Leadership Podcast highlights aspiration, inspiration, and innovation in education during times of adversity and prosperity. Now to your hosts, Dr. Greg Coons and Dr. Mark Hoffman. All right, welcome to the PA Leadership Podcast. My name is Greg Coons, and I'm the Executive Director at Schoolco Intermediate Unit 29. And I'm Mark Hoffman, the proud Executive Director of the Bucks County Intermediate Unit. Intermediate Units, what are they, you ask? Well, we're the Agile Entrepreneurial Educational Service Agency supporting the schools of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Greg, what are we talking about today? So this is going to be an exciting podcast. Uh, it's going to be spotlighting innovation and in education during times of adversity. And today we are featuring the importance of a leadership skill of mentorship. Um, as we know, mentorship can take on many forms. Uh, so our special guests have worked in the leadership positions for an accumulated total of well over 70 years. Now let's think about that. Over 70 years. And these guys look really young too when I look We're at it. We're getting old is so, what so, it I means. Mean, I, again, I, I think these have the same, uh, John has the same hairstyle as me and that comes with administration but man 70 years i uh very impressive um i've i've we we both mark and i have had the pleasure of getting to know both of these leaders um uh, within the PA Association of Intermediate Units, and then also the PA Association of School Administrators, otherwise known as PASA. Um, so our first special guest is Dr. John Karelja, uh, who serves as the Executive Director at CSIU. Uh, welcome, Dr. Karelja. Uh, thanks for having me. We're really glad to be here. And, and John, why don't you tell us what CSIU stands for? The Central Susquehanna Intermediate Unit. Serving which counties? Uh, we serve Northumberland, Montour, Union, and uh, Columbia counties. Well done. You got that right. I did. And Mark DiRocco is here to help me. He was chiming in right next to me. <laughs> and our second special guest is Dr. Mark DiRocco, um, who was the retiring executive director of PASA. It's one of those things you think you're out and they, they pull you back in, right? There you go. Well, good morning. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me today. Yes, it's a pleasure. We're so glad you could join us. So, uh, Greg, you, you mentioned in the, in the queue up that we're talking about mentorship. Yes, yes. So, I mean... You guys have mentored a lot of folks in your careers, and I know that, uh, John, you've invited Mark here to talk about mentorship in the context of your own professional journey. Do you want to just sort of share with us um, this idea of mentorship and what it means to you in your personal professional life and why you've invited Dr. DiRocco here? Uh, I, I just feel really honored to be able to do what I'm going to do here and thrilled that Mark was willing to, uh, to join in. But uh, some people know my background. I come from youngest of 10 kids. Uh, my dad died when I was three, and I could have easily become a statistic. And there are people that without my needing it, or not without my uh, deserving it, uh, took an interest in me and helped me out. And uh, I'm here because of them. Uh, there's no question. And uh, over the course of time, I found that if I was out looking for those people, I was able to make a lot fewer mistakes in my life than I would otherwise. So at the beginning, it happened uh, organically or by chance or because people just did that and found me. I, over time, I realized I could find them. So I have a lot of opportunities to see uh, really good people in action. I never look at myself as the smartest guy in the room, but if I can find the brightest and the best and surround myself with them or, or get in touch with them, uh, I know I'm much better off. So when I was getting the opportunity to become a, a leader, a superintendent in our region, I looked for the best out there. <clears throat> and I went and I interviewed them and talked to them about uh, 
how what it would take to become a leader in the region, what it would be. And I found uh, Mark. And after our conversation to uh, just to find out what it was like in Lewisburg when he was a super, uh, I asked him, would you be my mentor? This wasn't a paid gig. <laughs> this was, would you be willing to help out uh, a younger guy coming into the profession? And uh, it happened when I came into the superintendency about 2011, which was not an easy time to be a superintendent. And he said yes. And it started into a relationship that made me better as a, as a person, made me better as a leader, and uh, it just created a, a, a sense of uh, gratitude for what he did for me that I'm just thrilled to death to be here today to be able to have him sitting next to me to say thank you for that uh, because I wouldn't be here if it weren't for, for him. John, I, I think I speak for both of us when I can feel the emotion in the room. <laughs> yes, uh, definitely. So thanks for sharing that. Mark, what are you thinking when you hear that? Well, uh, John is extremely kind and gracious. Uh, I will tell you, John's skill set is what helped him rise to the top. I, I was glad to be there to be part of his journey. And uh, I remember that first conversation that we have. And uh, one of the things I learned along the way, as, especially as a new superintendent coming in, is that it's important to reach out to your colleagues and especially the people that have been there for a while and they've been around the block a few times. They can be very helpful. And when John called, I was more than willing to pay it forward. And uh, then uh, when we decided we were going to uh, set up some meetings, I just remember uh, many a breakfast at the Country Cupboard in Lewisburg, uh, just talking about everything from A to Z in the superintendency and getting to know each other, too. Uh, and that, for me, was uh, as much a part of the plus side of the journey as anything. And it was just such a pleasure to, to work with John and watch him grow as a leader. And then, and now he's in effect leading the region. So uh, I, I'm glad that perhaps in some small way I was a part of that. And it, the best part of it was getting to know John though. It wasn't a small part. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, it, it really is a great story. Um, and, and this whole mentorship, it, you, what I've seen with John is that He's learned from you, and I see him mentoring his staff. I've seen it firsthand. Mm -hmm. So it, it really is neat how it's distributive, how it, you know, that mentorship skill that you've really embedded in John is now being replicated across leaders all, all over yeah. CSIU right now. Um, Dr. Dronco, I'm thinking, I think it's a, probably a good time if you could just tell us, like, reflect back on your career. And just if you wanted to share some highlights with us, um, I thought that'd be a, a nice touch. Oh, sure. Well, thank you for that opportunity. Well, I, I'm i finishing up a 44-year career uh, this year. but Incredible. I had 38 years in public ed, and I started out as an elementary teacher uh, and decided to become a, a building principal early in my career. So after just five years in the classroom, I became an assistant principal. And I really had a great uh, mentoring principal to work with uh, right off the bat. And a fellow by the name of Tom Shulvin, who ended up being super superintendent in the Muncie School District. That's where I was a teacher. And then he went on to be superintendent in Octorora later. And we kept in touch uh, for several years. And uh, uh, he actually was uh, very supportive of my career all the way through. Uh, but, you know, my first principalship after just one year as assistant principal was up in a little district called Sullivan County, uh, very rural. And uh, I walked in that building at age 27 as the junior senior high school principal and really just was pretty green and pretty raw. And uh, there was no other, you know, uh, administrator in the building. 
what was interesting to me was that a couple of teachers actually took me under their wing. These were people who could have made my life miserable. How about that? That's... And could, could have broken me, but they wanted to help me. And uh, so they would come in and have sessions with me every once in a while <laughs> and say, well, before you make that decision, you might want to think about X, Y, and Z. And that really you know, helped me through that first um, principalship. Uh, and then when I did become superintendent, there were a couple of supers in the IU region who were very gracious to me, uh, reached out to me, uh, Barry Tomasetti at Mifflinburg and uh, the late Fred Johnson at Sealands Grove. Uh, and they were extraordinarily kind. And anytime I had a question, I could pick up the phone and talk to them. And uh, they were very helpful, and especially in those early years when you're drinking from the fire hose. Yes. Yep. So, John, we, we heard your comments about how you met Mark. And the role that he played, and Mark, thanks for sharing a little bit about your career. Of course, you've ascended to the executive directorship at PASA, and you're helping 500 superintendents, 29 executive directors, and countless other school administrators. John, for for those that are listening and they're wondering sort of what were those key takeaways that you learned from from Mark? I mean, could, could you distill it down into a few to a few points so that other people can benefit too? I, I think that he said something that was really helpful. Uh, he talked about that the leaders can come from anywhere. So he didn't mention just superintendents, although he did do that. He mentioned teachers that that were immersed in that culture where he was beginning to lead and were willing to step forward and help. And uh, we just got done with a conference where we talked about Fred Rogers and the helpers. And I think that that's uh, a big part of who you are as a person is that if you display something where you know it all or you have this all, people aren't so apt to step forward and help. But if you portray yourself as a learner or as, you know, we're in this together or this is a team effort and we have to get this done, I think people are more apt to want to help you. And Mark has always done that. He's never put himself out there as above others. He's always been in the trenches with us in whatever role we've seen him work. And that's been a great takeaway for me as to how you take on the mantle of leadership in that servant capacity where you work together instead of thinking that you're above that's a big takeaway for me. I appreciate you sharing that for, for everyone that's listening. Any, any reactions to that? Yeah, I, I think the most important thing you can do as a leader is build the culture within your system. And if you're going to build a positive culture, you have to, to nurture everyone and make sure they know that they feel valued for the work that they're doing. You know, sometimes we overlook so many people in our organizations and just expect them to know that, you know, you think they're doing the job well but you really have to reach out to them and you have to network with them and you have to make sure you, they know that they feel valued by the leader. And as you do that, uh, and it, you, know, you can't do that overnight, but you have to do that over time. And, and when you do that, then everyone starts to, to build that synergy towards the camaraderie of, of moving the organization forward in a positive way. You know, it's funny, before I was we started this, I was thinking about mentorship as almost like one directional, like it's coming from right. someone with experience to someone with less experience. And then you sit here and you have these reflections and, and you realize it's actually multidirectional, right? John, it took you seeking a mentor and having the courage to ask Mark to be your mentor. And this whole idea of being willing to receive the feedback and, and, and also recognizing that the feedback can come from everywhere. It's not just from someone in a superior position, but it could be from people in a parallel subordinate position. If you think of it in terms of hierarchy and just the support networks, you know, colleagues mentoring colleagues and also colleagues being willing to be mentored. That's right. That's a big, yeah, that's a big that. deal. Sometimes I think when you come into a leadership position, 
you feel an obligation to be in charge, to be the one of the, and it's such a mistake. You know, if you portray yourself as you're working this, you know, you're this, you know, for me, I always, this is a privilege to be in this role. I don't deserve to be in the role that I'm in. And you portray that to others and they're more willing to help you when you go down that road. There's one thing that Mark said I want to build on. Andy Stanley said, he's a guy that I listen to quite a bit, uh, unexpressed gratitude is perceived as ingratitude. Mm. So when people are around you and you're doing these things, if you don't say thank you, oh, you just it's just their job. They don't. If you don't say thank you on a regular basis for the things that people do around you, you're never going to build that culture that Mark is talking about, which is such a critical part of being successful. Well, and that recognition that you're talking about, that's a, and that's a great quote. I've I've listened to him as well, and yeah, he he really has a great leadership style. Um, I we called this podcast "Driving Educational Change," um, and. Uh, John has shared this analogy with me before, and I was hoping he could share with our listeners what he means by this analogy with a car, with a vehicle. Yeah, excited to do it, and I hope it's a takeaway that may stick in people's heads. Uh, And it took a lot for me to understand that, but uh, if if it does, here goes. All right. So we're talking about driving your car, and whenever in your car, there's three things that I'll call out. Your windshield, your your passenger seat or seats, and your rear view mirror. And... For me, it can be a chance thing that you come across these leaders or they decide to take an interest in you, or you can drive your car where you want to go. So you look out into the future and you look through your windshield and you look, who's the best of the best? Who's out there that's doing this and just killing it? And I'm going to go there. I'm going to ask for their help. And you know what? They always say yes. Every time when I ask Jill right. Hockman, yes. Jill, would you be willing to help me be my Yes. When I talked to Brian Barnhart, would you be willing to be my... Yes. He said, when I asked Mark, yes. So that's the windshield people. You're driving to that direction. Then you think about the people you're driving with, your team. You know, Greg and I have done a tremendous amount of work together. Our teams get together and we're in the car together. The people on my leadership team, we're doing this together. And that's the people I travel with. And you'd bring the best. The people I work with are way smarter than me. And you surround yourself with them, and that lifts everyone up. So that's the passenger seats. And then for me, so important, the rearview mirror, the people that got you there, the people that that got you to the place that you are, that you always have to remember who they are. And I, I'm so it's amazing to me that I have Mark sitting next to me. Yes. Because he's gone from being a windshield person to being a passenger. And and congratulations for him after 44 years in education. <laughs> is going to be a little bit more in the rearview mirror as he steps away to a much-deserved retirement. So that's my analogy. And I think if you think about that in your life and in your leadership, that you need all three of those people with you all the time in order to be successful. Yes, and I, John, John has said this time and time again, but it's those team members bringing the right people to the table with the expertise. Um, and I, I like how I say smarter than you. <laughs> you should give yourself a lot more credit because I, I have a lot of respect for you. Brilliant. So I'm going to turn it over to Mark here. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm thinking, Mark, in your role, you're supporting well over 500 individuals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously, John's here. He's he's articulated the ways that you've influenced him, but no doubt you've been influenced by others. Sure. So is there something you'd like to uh, to impart as it relates to the work that you've done over the last several years learning from 500 superintendents? Yeah, well, the thing I've learned the most is we have an incredible array of a strong school leaders out there who are really passionate about their work and really want to do good things for children. And uh, I think the thing that I've learned the most is that, you know, when times got so tough during the pandemic 
instead of throwing up their arms and stepping out early or, you know, uh, trying to take the easiest road out. So many of our school leaders, not just superintendents, but assistant supers, IU directors, they really stepped up and they really made sure that things were going to be as as well as possible for the children out there across the Commonwealth. And I, it just it kind of reinvigorated my my passion for public education to see these people rising to the challenge. And so my greatest takeaway from that whole pandemic, and although we're still in it somewhat, but during the, the worst part of that was, you know, these people could have easily pointed the finger, uh, cast blame, um, you know, made life as, as easy as possible for themselves, but they didn't do that. They stepped up. They found a way to feed kids. They found a way to educate kids. They found a way to bring the mitigation into their buildings. And although many people say, you know, there's complaints out there, the public education, you know, didn't do everything it should have done. Quite frankly, I think it was our finest hour, uh, the way everyone rallied to help kids. And so what I learned is that we have some of the best people in America working in our public schools. And for me, it was just an honor to be part of trying to help them through that time. Well said. Very well said. Well, um, I think we're going to be wrapping this up at this point. Or I think we're good. I think we're good. I, I got to tell you, a couple of things that stood out uh, for me here. Obviously, we're talking about mentorship. Yeah, go Talking ahead. about teamwork. Yeah. Um, talked about recognition. Appreciation. Appreciation. Gratitude. Gratitude. That was a big theme of the conference, actually. Yeah. Languages of appreciation. Yeah, it absolutely was. In, in also our keynote, yeah. That's why yes. I was so excited that you guys allowed us to do this. Yeah, this is fantastic. I, I read a quote the other day, and it was attributed to someone anonymous. It, it said, um, the worst part about finding success is trying to find someone who's happy for you. Mm. And this is, the I think, the antidote or the remedy to that quote. <laughs> That's right. Right? This, this idea that it's... Uh, it's not just something that happens in isolation to one person, but rather your success is, in your analogy, attributed to the people that you're looking forward at, the people that you're with, the people that help got you, get you there, and then also this idea that we're learning and that we're supporting each other, and that a, that really leadership comes from all levels and all capacities. So I, I saw that yesterday. It was like a like a yeah. like a gut punch, and today's conversation reminds me that that doesn't have to be that way. And in fact, I think examples of success in our systems that you just mentioned, Mark are counterexamples to it and examples of how Pennsylvania is working to support kids across the Commonwealth. Exactly. Something I have to jump in and say, as much as I had this opportunity with Mark, it's so important for all of us because of the pipeline issues that we're seeing oh my God. that we are doing that for the people that are coming up behind us. Because if we're not doing that, we're facing a huge crisis in our future. But we, they're there. We just have to, have to help nurse them along. Keep promoting them. Yes, absolutely. So... Again, I'd like to thank Dr. Krelja, Dr. Draco. Uh, it's been a pleasure um, uh, having you here on, on our episode. Our, I, I'm really happy that our listeners can hear your story, for both of your stories. Um, thanks again for listening to the PA Leadership Podcast, where we highlight innovation in education during times of adversity. Until next time, make it a great day and innovate PA.